1: Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, it is time for another edition of Felony Friday right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Felony Friday, of course, is the show that focuses each and every week on exposing injustice in the broken criminal justice system. This is the 73rd episode of Felony Friday, which that means you'll be able to find the show notes with links to everything that we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff because this is a felony review episode. We're going to be looking at a lot of felonies trending in the news, a bunch of controversial stories, stuff like that some controversial videos. We'll be discussing those. So you want to take note of the show notes page, you can go find all that information in one place and that will all be at lionsofliberty.com slash FF73. And of course, to talk about this stuff, I need to bring somebody on to help me co-host. And I'll be bringing on to the show today a Lions of Liberty fan favorite. Mr. Howie Snowden is making his return to Felony Friday. The first time since I think Episode 20. Howie, welcome back to Felony Friday.
0: Hey, it's good to be back. There's a lot of injustice out there that needs to be uh, uncovered.
1: There certainly is, man. There certainly is. And uh, I guess I shouldn't go any farther without congratulating you on, uh, on your engagement. I know we talked about it in the uh, pre show chat there, but I think Felony Friday Nation and all the Lions of, Li- Lions of Liberty fans. Uh, deserve to know that you uh, you popped the question to your girlfriend this past weekend, so uh, yeah, or past week, pre- I guess. Pretty
0: excited, so uh, ladies of liberty, I'm sorry, off the market.
1: That's really going to hurt our download numbers. I know there's <laughs> been like there's been probably hundreds of women just listening just to get just to get a glimpse of Howie Snowden. Now that you're off the market, I don't know. That's that's going to hurt. But, us and ima- so
0: imagine well. if we had video with our show too. Exactly, we insane. might
1: we might someday right? we might. Uh, There's been some talk of doing some Facebook Live stuff, so I don't want to promise anything, but we've been talking about it, seeing how we can figure out how to do it. The the difficult part is we're all in different part, we're all you know scattered over the country, so we'd have to use a uh, interface that kind of splits the screen. I think we we could only have only have two of us on at one time, so I don't think we'll ever have, or maybe maybe not. Never say never. But I don't know if off the bat if we'll have any, you know, multi-person libertarians in living rooms drinking liquor type uh, type live shows. Well, that would be a lot of fun, though, if we could pull that off. Oh, definitely. But we're here to talk about felonies, Howie. And the first thing that comes to mind from the past week, it's definitely not under the radar. It's splattered. All over the news, even though the, most of the mainstream sources like CNN and MSNBC have done their best to ignore this story for the better part of a year. Um, talking about the Seth Rich story, uh, which has been back in the news, and oddly enough, was brought back into the news when the family of Seth Rich they hired a private investigator, and he had sort of an awkward interview with a I think it was with a local TV station where he offered up that he had an inside source at the FBI that claimed that there were emails between WikiLeaks and Seth Rich. Then he walked that back and backtracked. But that alone you know, caused some, some smoke to come from this case again and, and revive this case. And some people in the mainstream on Fox News, I know Sean Hannity and even uh, Rush Limbaugh were, were jumping on this case and talking about it. I know a couple days ago Sean Hannity retracted and sort of apologized out of uh, sensitivity for the family, which you know, I, I, can under, I can understand where, where he's coming from there and why there's pressure for that, but at the end of the day, just to be sensitive for the family is not a reason not to investigate, and of course last week, the end of last week, I think Kim.com came forward and said that he actually interacted with Seth Rich and he's willing to offer proof He's willing to, if he can work out a a deal with the U.S. government, with the Justice Department, he's willing to come forward and testify in front of Congress. Of course, he has some some previous uh, charges, that, that they've tried to extradite him from his homeland of. Uh, he's in New Zealand, right, Howie? Yeah, that's right. So anyway, there's been a lot going on. I just wanted to get your what's what's your general feel for this case, Howie? What do you what are your thoughts on it?
0: Well, this is something. I mean, it's it's come back in the media recently, but <clears throat> I had been interested in this. For a long time, I mean, Julian Assange has hinted at several occasions that, you know, there was no Russian hack. The information from the DNC was leaked to him. And he's hinted that Seth Rich might have been the leaker. I know their policy is they won't say. But besides kind of, you know, him bringing that up in an interview, every time there's these stories about it, he's retweeting them, pretty much doing everything he can, it seems to me, without saying, yes, Seth Rich was a leaker to uh, kind of... To hint that it is. And I mean, the whole story from the beginning was very suspicious. They were claiming it was a robbery, but you know, nothing was taken from him. And this is a place where there's cameras all over. And just the implications of this, I mean, if there was if he was a leaker or if the DNC emails were leaked, that there was no Russian hack. I would think that that alone would be a reason for the FBI to get involved, get his computers, find out was he, did he communicate with Julian Assange? Um, Kim.com says he has some evidence. I don't know. He's he said stuff before, just not not been true. Um, so whatever comes out from that, we'll, we'll see. But re- regardless, all, the, all this Russian stuff, we've seen zero evidence. This could possibly be tied to it. I mean, we've, we've got a motive it doesn't seem like the D.C. police is doing anything or has been doing anything for the past year. I I like seeing it talked about just so, you know, get to the bottom and find out what happened. Was he the leaker? If he was, it doesn't mean that, like the DNC killed him. It, it means, you know, I mean, they might have John Podesta in one of the leaked emails was saying he wanted to make an example out of the leaker, whether they did it or not. So this is a big story with big implications. Um, it has <laughs> more certain circumstantial evidence than any of this Russia stuff. So I don't know why the media is trying to just shut it down instead of, you know, investigating, getting to the bottom of it. I mean, we don't need to jump jump to conclusions, but this should be looked into. This is huge.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's so maddening how the media just says, oh, this Seth Ritz, it's a conspiracy. It's been debunked. And it, they're saying it's been debunked because the the family has basically said, you know, lay off. The, these rumors aren't true. Kim.com is just trying to I don't know, I guess trying to ma- manipulate and gain fame by this, which is sort of a ridiculous thing. I mean, what sort of incentive does Kim.com have to – and, of course, Kim. Kim.com, for anybody out there not familiar with him, founder of Mega Upload. Now he has an encryption service called Mega, I think, an uh, online platform. He's done a bunch of other stuff, and he was – he has a history himself with Hillary Clinton. It was I think it was Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State – that called for his extradition from new zealand so he has a history with clinton all throughout the run-up to uh the last presidential election kim.com was tweeting out cryptically at different times saying that he was gonna have a i'm just these aren't direct quotes i'm paraphrasing saying he's gonna have a role in leaking some information some that was going to bring Hillary Clinton down. So, it, I mean, it all kind of make, kind of makes sense. And there's some articles out there that that line line the timeline of this of this whole case, this whole situation, this whole fiasco up. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's just so maddening how people just talk about this Russia collusion (sighs) and endlessly. And there's absolutely zero evidence that's been presented. I know. And then people ask questions about Seth, Seth Rich. It's Oh, what's wrong with you? Why would you ask questions about that? That's terrible.
0: And you know, I I take what Kim.com says with a grain of salt. Um, His story is certainly plausible, but he has done a lot of attention seeking things in the past. But the fact that he, I think he's been talking to Sean Handy about this and Sean Handy has been getting a lot of pushback and, uh, He's jeopardizing his career. I feel like he he wouldn't do that if he didn't know something. Um, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't want to end up like Rachel Maddow with the tra- Trump's taxes. But uh, and one thing you said earlier, Sean walked us back. I I remember seeing something online. I know Fox pulled the article, and Sean had tweeted something like, "I'm not Fox News. I take back nothing." So.
1: Yeah, he uh, he must have been getting a lot of pressure on him because it it would took a it was several days before he did walk it back and he was getting hit from all sides. So who who the heck knows? I mean, yeah. there's a uh, I, I just hope this doesn't if there is something there, which I think there is more to the story. Who knows if Seth Rich was a leaker or not, but just by the optics of it, it looks like we don't have the full story, which happens so often in politics.
0: Right. And it's it's not debunked, it's unsolved.
1: Exactly. They haven't found the killer. I mean,
0: so. we, we don't know that Russia did anything. We do know that someone killed Seth Rich.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, hopefully more comes out with that, and we'll keep you posted. So let's move on, and we're going to talk about some lesser-known felonies trending in the news. And a lot of the times I, I get these felonies. These are brought to my attention by people in our Lines of Liberty forum. They'll post it there, and that's exactly what happened with this uh, this article here this is uh, the title of the article: Sixteen-Year-Old Commits Suicide After a School Cop Threatens Him with Child Porn Charges. This story is incredibly sad, and you know it's it's not really a story where you know we can look at it and say you know this person did this wrong and it's it's 100% their fault. But it's a very un- unfortunate story. And to get in the details of it, it's. A 16-year-old, Corey Walgren, a junior at Naperville North High School in Naperville, Illinois. He was confronted by a resource officer um, about having something on his phone. And that something on his phone was a recording of this, uh, this kid, Corey, having sex with one of his female classmates. The girl had, I guess, brought it up to the dean of the school that Corey had been showing this video or was worried that Corey was showing this video to his friends. That has not been proven. Um, Anyway, so Corey's brought into the office. Uh, He's speaking with this resource officer. The resource officer threatens him with possession of child pornography charges. Corey leaves the meeting, immediately goes to a parking garage and jumps off, kills himself. It, it's just so it's so unfortunate. You look at a story like this. You have two 16-year-old. I'm assuming the girl was either 16 or around the same age. You know, they're both both in the same class, consenting to having sex. Not that I'm in favor of or saying that. You know, it's a good thing for 16-year-olds to be having sex with each other. But there was nothing nefarious with the actual sexual encounter uh, that that at least that at least has been brought forward here. The problem was the was the video, and what set him off was being threatened with child pornography charges. Who knows? Maybe this kid's thinking you know the rest of his life he's gonna be labeled as a sex offender, he's not gonna be able to get a job, it's gonna follow him forever, which very well that, that could have happened. Um, or maybe they were just doing this just to just to uh, scare him and try to set him straight, air quotes. So it's I don't know. I mean it's it's really unfortunate when you look at what the police chief in this town said. He said, at the time of the incident, the police department determined that the school resource officer followed proper policies and procedures. Well, you know, maybe you have the wrong policies and procedures if you have something like this happening. So I would suggest at the very least that those policies and procedures are re-examined. Howie, what, what are your thoughts on this case? Completely horrible, horrible thing.
0: Yeah, this this is it made me sick to think about. This is so tragic, so awful, and— I mean, it's it's a tricky subject, too, um, when you're talking about child pornography like this. But the thing is, they're 16 years old. 16-year-olds old, year have sex. They always have. They always will. Um, nowadays, we have the technology where I guess they record it. You know, there wasn't – I didn't see anything in the story about, like, she was unknowingly recorded. Um, that should be a lesson. Don't <laughs> let people record you doing things. You don't want to be seen. Um, but, I mean, what – there's nothing worse, I think, of that you can be accused of than child pornography. And, of course, this kid probably thought his life is ruined. He's going to have to register as a sex offender. I mean, it's I- – I couldn't imagine, like, a, a worse fate befalling you. And it's its crazy because to them, you know, they, they think of themselves as adults. There is nothing – it was consenting. And to me, there's a huge difference between this video that these kids took themselves, who are 16, than if it was something with children, you know? I mean, I I don't know where the cutoff is or the line, but this isn't right. And and I I don't know what the age should be, but to me, this is this should not be like a life ruining thing that this kid felt the need to kill himself. It's just it's horrible and it's tragic. And as long as we have laws and a system like this, things like this are going to happen again. And it's it's terrible.
1: Yeah, there's I think the bottom line is there is there's not a crime here. Um, there might be some some hurt feelings. There might be, you know, if if this kid was showing this video to his friends, there, there yeah, there might be some some hurt feelings, but by, by the girl. But th- that's a lesson learned, like you said, Howie. That's an absolute lesson learned. Don't don't put that stuff on videotape. Don't let anybody record with their phone things you don't want to see, just like you said. So the law doesn't have to get involved in every aspect of of these uh, situations. We don't need this to be a crime. You know, we can talk about, we've talked about in other shows, what the, what the age of consent sh- should be. And that doesn't even enter in here. These are two 16 year olds. They were consenting and there was no crime in that. It was videotaped. Maybe it was shown to other people. In my mind, that's not a crime either. Um, it's inappropriate. It's not a nice thing to do. It's, uh, it's kids being kids really, which is what reason why, if you don't, if you don't want people to see it, don't allow it to be recorded. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll just leave it at that and, and move on from this case. Really, really tragic case. And I guess all you can do is hope from something like this that teenagers will will see this case, see what happened, and learn from it and learn to. And it's easy to say that because teenagers don't think things through, and that's you know a big thing with the teenage brain. It's not wired jets really understand uh, cause and effect and understand consequences with actions so it's hard to say that they can learn from this but maybe it'll maybe it'll prevent um, prevent some people some teenagers from making a mistake and having things recorded they don't want people to see but
0: and these school officials they need to just exercise some common sense you don't threaten the kid with destroying his whole life you know it's Something's got to change. I, I don't know exactly yeah. what, but we can't have this.
1: Maybe the school officials can learn because they have no excuse. They're all adults. They have yeah. fun- fully functioning brains. So <laughs> they should understand consequences. They should understand when you threaten a 16-year-old kid with child pornography charges, it might it might make him pretty damn distraught. And who knows? It could lead to something tragic, tragic like this happening. So. All right, we'll, we'll move on from this. And uh, the next case I want to talk about, this occurred in Georgia. A man in Georgia will spend six years in prison despite being found not guilty of a crime. So, so what happened here? Initially, this man, Ramad Chapman, he had a little bit of a criminal past. He had one offense where he had a breaking and entering charge and stole a television. He was on probation by all accounts, by all court documents. He was following his probation. He hadn't violated it in any way. During his probationary period, he was fingered. He was identified as a suspect in an armed robbery. This was back in the winter of 2014. A shop assistant spotted his picture on Facebook and said, that's the guy that committed the armed robbery. Um, It's unclear what took so long for the police to start looking for him. But they started looking for him in late 2015, like a year later. And he hears about this. He turns himself in. And sometimes people say, well, he turned himself in. He must be guilty. But I mean, when the police are looking for you, guilty or not, you turn yourself in. That's what you do. You don't want them showing up at your house and doing something crazy like shooting you. You try to... Try to mitigate the worst possible consequences. So by turning yourself in is not admitting guilt in in any way. That's a misconception in society. So the following February, the judge decides, I think this is during probationary hearing, that he did commit the robbery. And as a result of that, he was resentenced for the original crime of stealing the TV and ordered to serve 10 years behind bars, backdated to the day of the crime. Then the trial comes for the for the for the second event for the, the robbery that he said he was innocent of. Trial comes, he thinks about or tries to do an, an Al Alfred plea. What an Alfred plea is, you think there's evidence against you, and in this case there's a witness fingering him. You think that there's overwhelming evidence against you even though you are innocent of the crime. So what an Alfred plea does is it allows you to plead guilty while maintaining your innocence and trying to get a more favorable sentence, the judge rejects the Alfred pre The trial goes on, and the jury finds him not guilty. The judge didn't like this, disagreed with the verdict and has declined to release this guy and he remains in prison for violating the terms of that first probation order in which he did not violate the terms of in the first place cuz there's no court documentation anywhere saying what terms he violated so it's just a ridiculous case uh, how we, how can you make how can somebody be in jail when they don't have any convictions against them
0: exactly i had to read this article like 3 times cuz it didn't make any sense to me i, I didn't understand this is a type of crime where you are afforded a jury of your peers and a judge shouldn't be overruling what a jury has decided. I am I mean, I, I hope there's an appeal uh, going forward because this is ridiculous. He was found innocent of the crime he's accused of, and that is the justification for why his probation is being revoked, that the judge is saying he's guilty. Well, judge doesn't get to decide in this case. The jury decided, and the jury said he was innocent, and it's it's insane that this this criminal justice system is so broken this is why I'm so glad we have a show like this that goes over these things constantly because people need to be aware of it if if people aren't protesting or uh, you know writing their congressman about things like this this stuff is just going to continue these judges have way too much power and they' they rule from the bench this isn't how the system's supposed to work and this man is innocent
1: yeah and unfortunately th- the cases like this are are more common than you'll think. And we could do a, a felony Friday type show every single day talking about talking about injustice in the criminal justice system. That's exactly how bad it is. Uh, of course, that would probably lead to me losing my mind by having, having to read through these cases every day, just becoming depressed about it. So we'll keep it. We'll keep it at once per week. Okay. As, as hard as it is to move on from that case, we're, we're going to move on. And I want to play the fastest growing podcast game show in America, is it a crime and should they do time? Is it a- First case I want to talk about, we talked about it in the Lions of Liberty Forum this past week. Of course, you can join the Lions of Liberty Forum by going on Facebook, typing Lions of Liberty Forum in the search bar at the top and clicking join. And as long as you have a profile picture, look like a real person, we will let you in. And the case we talked about was about a Scottish YouTuber. So we're going international on Felony Friday. A Scottish YouTuber faces a year in prison for teaching a Nazi trick to his girlfriend's dog, so this is this is a true story. This is not this is not the Onion. I've watched the video, and I suggest you guys go to the show notes page at LionsOfLiberty.com/ff73. Check out the video for yourself. This Scottish YouTube comedian by the name of Marcus Meachin, I think, A.K.A. Count Dankula, <laughs> he goes by on YouTube. So essentially, what he did when you watch the video. Howie, what, what kind of dog is this? You're the you're
0: the oh, dog expert. It's a expert. it's a pug. And if you haven't seen this video, I recommend it. I, I thought it I thought it was really funny. I mean, the joke is you have this cute little innocent dog doing something that's, you know, horrible. I don't I don't think this guy's a Nazi. He's not trying to like whatever. It it's funny. I I'm surprised. I like in America you wouldn't be in trouble. I I think we might be the only country that actually does have free speech. I mean Apparently you don't have it in Europe. Uh, you don't have a lot of other places, and it was a joke.
1: <laughs> so the this, I'm not going to say the slogans that you have to watch a video. I don't want the uh, you know the the U.S. government to shut this podcast down. I'm not going to say the slogans that uh, he was saying to the dog, but he'll say the slogans, and you could watch over time as he taught the dog. The dog, like, started to react to them, started to do the Nazi salute. It's completely ridiculous. Uh, Somebody brought up in the forum, in the Alliance of Liberty forum, that is this a violation of property rights because it's his girlfriend's dog. So by teaching this stuff to someone else's dog – is that a violation of property rights? What, what are your thoughts there, how
0: I don't think so? Um, one of the main reasons why is what, what is the harm done? She's not going to be out with her dog and have someone say one of those slogans. That's not going to happen. I so it's not. it's not like, and if it does, there's bigger problems than the, the dog reacting with the Nazi salute. Um, and it's not like I doubt this girl had a contract with her boyfriend. This is how you're supposed to behave with my dog. These your actions you're allowed to have. I mean, he taught the dog to respond to a cue that's never going to happen in public or anywhere, most likely. It was it was a dumb joke. I mean, thank God we have freedom of speech in America. If not, he had bad jokes, send you to jail. Brian McWilliams would have to watch out.
1: Well, Brian would have a life sentence by now. <laughs>
0: America was founded by a lot of people from Britain. I can't believe we've diverted so far. Like That's a country where you can't own firearms to defend yourself. You don't have free speech. It's I can't believe that that's what that country has become.
1: Yeah, he could get a year in prison for this. So based on your reaction, Howie, I'm assuming you don't think this is a crime and you shouldn't do anything.
0: <laughs> no crime. <laughs> no, no time. And as far as I'm concerned... People should be able to say whatever they want, however horrible. That's what free speech is about. I think it's worth fighting for.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the reason that you want to allow people to say the horrible speech is because you want you want that out there. You want people to be able to debate them on it, debate their ideas, strike them down. You don't want them, you know, going shuffling around in uh, shady areas, uh, forming groups, uh, forming forming gangs and whatnot, and then. You know, coming out and starting a terrorist attack of some kind or something like that. You want people to be able to speak freely, so you can combat, combat those ideas in a public space.
0: John, what if we ha- what if we have a bunch of neo Nazi pugs take over? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the fear. That's what they're worried about in Scotland. Those damn wow. Nazi pugs. But yeah, I guess about, uh, to chime in on the property rights thing. You know, yeah, sure, if you want to be a stickler, you could say it's a violation of property rights. But like you said, Howie, there's no damages. Um, there's no, I mean, there's not going to be any restitution that's paid because, I mean, yeah, there's nothing tangible that's been damaged. You haven't damaged the dog in any way. Like you said, in public, it's not like the dog is going to start saying, <laughs> saying Nazi slurs in public. So sure, you can call it a violation of property rights. <laughs>
0: We have a lot of rules and laws, and maybe it violates the letter of some, you know, property right law. But we need common sense, just like with the last case we talked about. It, it's a joke, stupid. Nothing, no one was harmed. You know, maybe <laughs> girlfriend's mad, she can break up with them. You know, people can, you know, let let them know how how they feel. I'm sure mm-hmm. the YouTube comments are that's uh, that's a vicious, vicious territory. People can let their uh, opinions known there but this is not a crime and no one should be sent to jail and locked in a cage for it and their you know potentially their life ruined
1: 100% agree so we'll move on to the next one here another international another international story title of this article extraordinary medical student spared jail for drug fueled stabbing frenzy uh, that's always great when you can have drug fueled stabbing frenzy in a headline I might t- I might make that the title of this episode see if see if I can get some clicks for that so the story the story here and the uh, the judge refers to this uh, the the woman in this case she's 24 years old as an extraordinarily extraordinary able young lady who stabbed her boyfriend in the United Kingdom and this woman has been spared jail time because the judge says it would have had. Too severe an impact on her fledgling career as a heart surgeon. So this woman was going to Oxford University, prestigious Oxford University. Her name, Lavinia Lavinia Woodward. And what she did is, you know, went out, probably got drunk with her boyfriend, got in a fight. And she ends up stabbing and punching her boyfriend during this drug and alcohol fueled fight. It's September of last year. She apparently then punched her boyfriend in the face. Hur- hurled a laptop at him, threw a glass of jam at him, and this this all took place um, all took place at Cambridge University. And the two of them had met each other on on Tinder. So it it sounds like that this wasn't a one night thing. If they're same boyfriend and, and whatnot. Anyway, so this this happens. They go to court, and the judge in the case says that he's making an exception. Because of this woman's bright future and the talent she has, and I can't help but think that it might have weighed in. Also, she's a a very attractive girl, so maybe the judge was a little bit swayed by that. But the judge was saying that just just a couple, you know, just a couple bad acts should not be held against this extraordinary young woman. Most people would be sentenced for many years in prison for something like this, but this woman, uh, she was given a restraining order. She was told to stay drug free and told not to reoffend. And other than that, I don't think there's any consequences. So, Howie, what are your thoughts here? Is this a, is stabbing someone a crime and should she be doing time?
0: Yes and yes. And it sounds like we should always be doing the opposite of whatever Britain is doing. This is – it's insane. She Unlike the other case we just talked about, there was an injured party. She stabbed the dude. He was stabbed. Um, I I mean, I think you brought up a good point an attractive young white woman she might not have fared as well if she was uh the uh the black gentleman that went to jail after he was found innocent i mean it's there's bias built into you know all of this stuff and it's just ridiculous oh but she's going to be a surgeon well do you want someone operating you who's so unstable they're going to be like stabbing people or
1: that, that is, was is my she, first. That is was my gonna, first thought.
0: She gonna be I'm on like, drugs I, when she stabbed you? I mean, like,
1: hey, if I, I was in the UK and I, I, mean, I would wanna, I would wanna remember this, 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 uh, this woman's name forever. For if I ever needed a heart surgery, that I could you know, figure, make sure that she was not the one operating on me.
0: I don't know, John. I mean, they got their socialist healthcare. You might have already waited a year for your heart surgery. and need it. You <laughs> might have to uh, <laughs> succumb. But no, this is it. This is insane. I don't, I don't know what's happening in in Britain, but. Stab somebody, you're good. You uh, <laughs> teach a dog a <laughs> to salute like a Nazi, you go to jail for a year. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it is. It absolutely is crazy. You can't really – It's it, I didn't even realize that putting this together, but these two cases, just like you were saying, Howie, really highlight the extremes of just how asinine uh, the UK's criminal justice system is and – that's not to say that, obviously, the, U- the U.S. is not that much better. Stuff like this happens here, obviously. But, yeah, I, I can't I- – I'll just state it again. You know, I think that this is absolutely a case of this woman getting prefer- preferential treatment because of her good looks, because of her education, because of her skin color. And you have somebody above, this YouTuber, who – does not look like the most uh, the most uh, savory character. He's got some piercings. He's got a got a beard. looks a little looks a little wacky. So, I, I, yeah, I think I think maybe maybe the UK they're uh, they're dishing out criminal justice based on based on looks. Maybe it's they're reading the book by the cover. I, I don't know, but it's it's freaking crazy. I don't know.
0: So let me ask you. Um, we just had this bombing at the Ariana Grande concert in the UK. Do you, do you think it, it, what happened there has anything to do with their justice system or the way things work there?
1: Well, I, I think it has so I, I actually I haven't read a whole lot about the case just because it's just it's so it makes me so upset to see all these you know kids that have just been just maimed and, and killed. It's hard to even hard to even start reading about it. But I did see that I believe the the terrorist was he was born in the UK, right? I think. So you can't really blame immigration. Um,
0: there is there is one thing, though, that I read. I mean, it, it was an Internet account, so you know it could be fake news. I don't know. But I read that there was a woman at the concert who went to police and said that she saw um, a Muslim woman acting strange near where the, the bombing happened before it happened. And they told her she was being racist and to stop it. And that woman disappeared. And a couple minutes later, the bomb went off. Wow. So that was – I know. Just the way that, – if that is true, the way the police acted and, and what, what happened, I don't know. It seemed like the way their their courts, their law enforcement, everything is going on. I, I don't know if this is related or not, but things need to change over there for sure.
1: Yeah, they're just so entrenched in the, in the, entrenched in the PC culture. And even the mayor of London, I saw a video – I don't know if it's recent or how old it is, but he was basically – Coming out saying that, you know, in in, a, in big cities today, you're gonna have terrorist attacks. That's just a part of living in a big city, and that that cannot be. That that cannot be, our goal. That cannot be what we're striving for. No, and I would know, I would you not live in a big city. You, you live in a high populated area. You're gonna have people trying to kill you. Eh, what are you gonna do? If somebody is no, running for mayor
0: of my town and says that they are not getting my vote, that's no. not what we need.
1: That's just ridiculous, Howie. But thanks for coming on, man, and I, I do appreciate you you uh, helping me co-host this show. And I know it's, it's been a while. It's been what fifty three episodes, I think, since you came on I th- last. Th- so I think it might have have I think it back. might have been
0: since episode two, but I could be forgetting.
1: No, there was there was one <laughs> in the middle there. Yeah, there was there was one in the middle where you came on. I'll link to it on the show notes page. So All right, excellent. Our listeners can go back and check it out. You can see how much different Howie and I are today, which probably not very much different. But anyway, Howie, congrats again on the engagement. Any any important words for the Felony Friday audience?
0: No. As Mark would say, live long and live free.
1: All right. So with that being said, I just got two things to say. If you haven't yet, subscribe. Subscribe to the Lions of Liberty podcast on iTunes. And also, I am releasing today on Friday a patron-only podcast. A bonus episode for our Lions Pride supporters of Felony Friday. It's about 15 to 20 minutes of me talking about a story that was brought up in the Lions of of Liberty Forum talking about, it was actually on Vox, I believe, and the author was talking about they used to be in favor of drug legalization, but with the opioid crisis now they are against it. So I go through that article and do my best to counter it and debunk some of the arguments. So if you want to listen, if you want to listen to that episode, you're going to have to join the Lions of Liberty Pride. You can do that for as little as $5 a month. Just go to lionsofliberty.com/support. That's all I got for today. I want to thank you guys for listening. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up fire is a liberty burning